Hello, everyone. Welcome to another week of Filmhouse. This week's guests include James and Elise Willems. How are you guys doing? I'm great, thanks. Doing okay. Where are you going, Elise? I have to, yeah. for my spine isn't quite crooked, I have Literally to sit this. like that. Okay, there we go. Elise and I have crooked spine syndrome is the only problem. Yeah, when mm-hmm. we share this monitor, so, we have oh. to, like, mm-hmm. lean weird. Mm-hmm. And that's why you guys are my, that's why you're my favorite guests. Uh, This week, we're talking (laughs) about the dark universe making a comeback, Halloween, and a little bit of uh, house cleaning and talking about sort of the future of Filmhouse and where it's going. Much Mm -hmm. like that film with all the time traveling where a young Marty McFly goes to meet his mother. I forget the name of it. I don't remember. Frighteners. Frighteners. That's the one. That's the one. (laughs) (laughs) Always love a Frighteners. Uh, So your first news story. I if we could just talk about frighteners every week, I would be okay with that. Uh, so yeah, after this try. year's Invisible Man, um, now is coming the all new movie with Ryan Gosling, who will be the Wolfman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll read this little. I'll read this blurb. This comes from Deadline. Universal Pictures has set its Wolfman project on a fast track to production. Lay Lee Wamel Lee Wannell, I think. Wannell. Wayne Al, yeah, and the, the Australian heartthrob is negotiating to direct Ryan Gosling in the lead role, and Jason Blum's uh, Blumhouse has boarded to uh, be the producer of said mm-hmm. Gosling. Blumhouse has teamed up with, uh, oh, actually, yeah, so Blumhouse worked with Wayne Al and Elizabeth Moss in The Invisible mm-hmm. Man, which cost them seven million uh, from mm-hmm. their that was their entire budget, which is crazy. And it was considered a win since the movie made one hundred and twenty-four million dollars worldwide. It's the only movie has making that, money. Has <laughs> anyone been any more successful at this than Jason Blum? Man, On this, these uh, micro budgets, no. Yeah. yeah, I would say maybe uh, what uh, ter- uh, what's his name? Um, Atlanta-based film producer. Uh, oh, Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry. That's yeah, one. Tyler Perry's yeah. Tyler, Tyler yes. Perry's definitely a good yes. one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but uh, yeah, good on them for figuring out that horror movies can be cheap and effective and make yeah. a lot of money. So um, this comes from the same writer director who did. Uh, he comes actually, if you remember, I think his first big movie was Saw, um, but he has since done Invisible Man, Upgrade those sorts of fun films. Uh, he'll be writing a treatment for it. And then, uh, which is based on the 1941 classic. And then Jason Blum, uh, yeah. partner, Lauren Shucker Blum, his wife and Rebecca Angelo from Netflix's orange new black will be writing the script. So mm, interesting with, with the, with these things set in motion, the question is, is the dark universe back? I mean, I think technically it is. This is, this is interesting because Universal has tried to do the dark universe so many times. They're like, we can only trust ourselves. But now it's like, well, maybe um, you were the one ruining the dark universe. I don't think it's back <laughs> in the form that they tempted, which was making an actual universe. It looks like the Invisible Man spurned interest to the success of it, of course, has started the conversation again. Mm-hmm. I know Jason Blumhouse has been interviewed about whether he would want to spearhead and kind of be the, you know, Paul, uh, Mar- you know, Paul Perry, Feig, Tyler you know, Perry. Oh no, who am I thinking of oh. that does Marvel? My, my brain is. Oh, uh, Kevin. Kevin uh, Feige. Kevin uh, Feige. Would he, would he be the Kevin Feige of the dark universe? And he hasn't been asked. And uh, he doesn't know that he will be, apparently, given the interview that I read. But I do think he'd kind of mm-hmm. be the guy to do it. There are a bunch of other 
uh, of these projects in production or stages of it too. Like Elizabeth Banks is developing an, Eliz an, an invisible woman uh, what? project right now. How which is, is that possible? I don't know. And then uh, James Wan is attached to produce Frankenstein. So he... So there, there are all these dark universe balls in the mm -hmm. air juggling once again, you know, in the atmosphere. <laughs> they, they cannot, they cannot be, uh, they cannot be tamed. But it, it's mm -hmm. going to happen whether we like it or not. That's the important thing to remember about the dark <laughs> universe. You cannot stop it. Okay, they, it's, it's like fighting back an evil, a dark evil. It will rise eventually, and it doesn't matter mm -hmm. what you do. You can delay it. Sure, it's like yeah. the, Judgment Day. You can delay it, but you cannot stop it. Mm -hmm. It will happen. It's inevitable. And it doesn't matter right. if if Jason Blum is the one doing it. or. And also, here's the thing, too. We already know Universal is stupid about this and how they think that this is somehow, that they have so little, <laughs> they have so little that they think this could possibly reach the caliber of, like, comic book lore, s superhero fandom and stuff like that. They have so little that they are so invested in this. Even if this in the Invisible Man movie and the Wolfman movie by Blumhouse have nothing to do with one another, someone at Universal will say, Wolfman was a success, Invisible Man was a success. Let's find a way to make them have one, one to do. Well, I read recently and mm -hmm. I didn't I didn't even know this when we were in the throes of the Dark Universe reboot. But that the linking uh, factor between all those Dark Universe movies was supposed to be Russell Crowe as the uh, he I guess he was just supposed to pop up across all. Yeah, those. he was the Nick Fury. Yeah, because I that's didn't why he. That. That's mm -hmm. why because that's why the second half. I mean, that whole movie, the Mummy, is all bad. But like the second half is so weird because it just jumps to this world where Russell Crowe runs this organization that has all this stuff and the book from the first Mummies in it. You know, like, like it's all messed mm -hmm. up and broken. No one had any clear vision. But yeah, it seemed to imply that Russell Crowe was going to be the Nick Fury of this franchise. Either I didn't know it or I just blacked mm -hmm. it out. Well, that's when you left, remember? That's, I did leave. You did not make it through the whole movie, so maybe you missed the explanation after oh, me. he called Tom Cruise a young man. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, also in that movie, they kind of pulled a switcheroo because we thought the mummy was going to be uh, the, the female lead. I forget her name, but she was in Atomic Blonde. But we thought she was going to be the mummy. But in fact, it, it was more like Tom Cruise was the mummy. He, he mm -hmm. got mummy powers at the end of the movie. Spoilers. Oh, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I, I saved you four bucks on the Everyone DVD saw it. red box. He was, like a, he was like a wolf Every, mummy sorry, man. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Like wolf and then man. Invisible Man, it's mostly revealed that the man is not invisible. He has a suit that makes him invisible. So anyone can be the invisible man or invisible woman if they want to. So and women are often it seems like treated as invisible. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that was the is well. Okay. I mean, that was basically the plot of that movie. But yeah, the oh, thing God. about that Invisible Man movie is, I believe it's not even connected or tied in or related in any way to the Elizabeth Banks one that's being developed for Invisible Woman. So now, like I said, yeah, it's just all these weird orbs in the air related I, to the monsters. I think this is kind of like just what happens when you have these properties. Like when one company like Disney owns these Marvel characters and that's the only version of them that you can really get, except they're like, it's, unless it's like Avengers kids, like, but Universal seems like it's just open season on whatever. Yeah, there's no rhyme or reason mm -hmm. or plan or central 
you know, orchestration to it. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I got to make that mummy money back because they spent so much getting that stuff ready. And I'm sure Johnny Depp, Javier Bardem and uh, everyone else involved was paid something to show up that day for that photo that none of them yeah. were actually there in the same room. I am genuinely curious where, cause yeah, they, they for sure signed contracts that pr- maybe not have had full guarantees, but some that's, they probably got paid more money than we could ever possibly imagine to not be in the same room <laughs> with each other to take a photograph, <laughs> which I think is pretty funny. Yeah. Well, you guys Google, uh, Paul Feig, dark army. Paul. Sure. Feig. What is this? I'm not even really sure. This so is, it's a universal um, monster. It's a universal the... monster movie. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is uh, Paul Feig, by the way, who was responsible for uh, movies like Spy and the most recent Ghostbusters, um, not the newer one that's coming out soon. Mm-hmm. The second attempt, or the first attempt at a reboot. Um, mm-hmm. Also worked on a show called Other Space, which is supposed to be uh, streaming again. Uh, yeah. It was on. It was it's... on Yahoo. It failed. It's actually a really good show. It's Very cute. Much worth Check it out. Yeah, yeah, I, I really like it. But that's that's like coming it. into uh, that's gonna be streaming for free pretty soon. I just read. Yeah, I bought um, I bought it on like Amazon. I watched um, it on Yahoo. Believe it or not. Ooh, it was, <laughs> wow! I know it. It was weird. <laughs> uh, uh, but but yeah, so the Dark what Army. Is, yeah, what is this? I think it's gonna be like a monster movie. Um, you close the window, huh. huh? Yeah, because it was killing our internet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll read but a yeah, quote here I from mean, him. He said, uh, I said, I wrote a draft and got thoughts from the studio and now I'm in the middle on a, of a rewrite uh, on that right now. So hopefully that'll be my next movie. If it's not, it'll be the one after or whatever I do next. But yeah, I'm excited to do it. It's just, you want to get it right. Okay. Well, so, so, what, so this is a universal project. Is he doing, is the dark mm-hmm. army a monster squad? No, why, why wouldn't you lean on the branding of monster squad? If you're going to, I know I'm not saying it. it's monster squad, but I'm saying, I'm yeah. saying, Oh, the, the idea of a squad the of Avengers. monsters. Yeah. The Avengers it's, it's, yeah, is called saying, Dark Army. Yeah, it would combine the original characters with the iconic Universal monsters. Okay, weird. Uh, here's my my big beef here. We always talk about beef it. the heavy hitters, right? Mm-hmm. Mummy, mm-hmm. Invisible Man, Wolfman. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess we're doing uh, Frankenstein, Jekyll, Jekyll and Hyde. Where's the creature from the Black Lagoon? Mm-hmm, yeah. It's I, Creature just, from the why? Black Lagoon. If we're doing the Marvel comparison, Creature from the Black Lagoon is like a Doctor Strange, like a, uh, a second tier, a second tier. You oh, wouldn't see. think that it would work until you see it work kind of mm-hmm. situation, right? So you would you would have to lead off with your Captain Americas, your Frankenstein's monsters, you with know, the land the, runners. What? You need the land, the people, the people who are on land. Oh, mm-hmm. I mean, I wasn't even thinking that. I was just thinking in terms of legacy of some of these stories, you know, like Dracula and Frankenstein's monster, whether or not they've been getting big movies. I mean, they have been been featured in movies a lot. There's basically the creature from the Black Lagoon. And then what? That's it. We are. Yeah. We already decided at a certain point that just the shit that is in water that exists in real life is scarier, you know, like. The creature from the Black Lagoon just wanted to bang that lady and didn't realize that she didn't have gills and dragging her down was going to kill her. So, like, I'm sorry, but a, a giant fish 
that's the size of a Mack truck that is mostly teeth is scarier than the creature <laughs> from the Black Lagoon. So I think that's part of the reason is the the creature never really took off. And, but that's part yeah. of it is you have this clay that you can shape whatever you want with this this creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh, mm-hmm. you can just yeah, I mean, reinvent it, it as anything. Yeah, you can because there's there's no yeah. expectations mm-hmm. for it. Yeah. Which well, because the template right valuable. now is what? Yeah, it's like Aquaman, right? And that's there's not much you can do with that. He has mm-hmm. to be near water. Otherwise, he's just thing. a big guy. Swamp Thing, Killer Croc. Swamp. Yeah, it's, uh, it's more of a none of, I don't uh, know killer, if any of these are supporting your argument necessarily <laughs> about why it would yeah. be something we need to see or could why it could hold the attention of a movie-going audience for 90 minutes. But Adam, you're a big Rye Gauze fan, right? I do. I do very much like Ryan Gosling. Uh, I think he is a, a more subdued actor. Uh, I think he could actually pull off a pretty good Wolfman. So, so compared to uh, him and Benicio del Toro, you're you would rather have a gauze Wolfman. Is that what you're saying? Well, that Benicio del Toro was the first of the reboots, and then it was supposed to be Javier Javier. Hold Bardem, on, hold right? on, wait, 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 wait. The first of the reboots is Jack Nicholson. Don't forget <laughs> Wolf. And Wolf. All right, 1985's <laughs> Wolf. Jack yes. Nicholson, which I honestly think would be really cool. We bring back Jack. We bring and it's on the poster. It says Jack's back. He comes back, reprise his role as as Wolf from Wolf from Wolf, and uh, and then he, but then he's the one. Love interest Zendaya. Yes. <laughs> they he, said it couldn't work he, on paper, but yeah, we'll make it work. Yeah, on the, he bites. On the big screen. He bites Ryan Gosling, and then it turns oh. out that at the end, this has been happening for generations. Right. Mm-hmm. And then we get to see all of the popular, all the Wolfmen. It's kind of like in uh, what we do in the shadows, the TV series where it pulls back and it realizes like, oh, this isn't just a remake of the movie. The movie characters are in this world. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you go to this thing where he, he Jack brings them to the Council of Wolves. Mm-hmm. And in the in the council, he meets uh, Benicio del Toro. Mm-hmm. He meets uh, Gosling. Well, he, this is Gosling. Oh, this is Gosling. Gosling oh, sorry, I thought yeah. you were saying Jack. No, Jack is his mentor. Jack. Okay, all right. So he needs so Jack. You, so you we got Benicio del Toro. We can't have him the whole by, time. It's very expensive. By proxy, you also need <laughs> Anthony Hopkins because he was I was going to ask how there. Hopkins fits into this because isn't he the wolf hunter? No, he's the dad. He's dad the original wolf. wolf. Did you even watch Wolfman? New I did. Wolfman I've with seen Benicio it twice. Del Toro? <laughs> it's great. It I actually is great. I don't remember any of it. So, so you get I, that. All right. You also get Uncle Rico because oh, he was Wolfman from Monster Squad. What's that, Adam? Well, also, don't don't forget Tom Everett Scott from American Werewolf in Paris. Of course. Of course. Of course. From Paris. <laughs> <laughs> from Paris. You get him in there and you get the all the wolves. One. You could even, you could throw, um, you could throw whoever. Michael you, J. Fox. Michael Teen J. Wolf. Fox Teen Wolf is in there. Every mm-hmm. wolf that we've ever seen come on screen. Jon Snow is a wolf. No, not oh, Jon okay. Snow. What about, we don't get Jon Snow. <laughs> he, he's what about David, David Naughton, who played the original main character in American Werewolf in London? We find out that he is the mentor of Tom Everett Scott's character from American Werewolf in Paris. <laughs> Why do they have mentors? <laughs> Everyone's got a, you know, it's like, a, it's like a big brother, you know? Uh-huh. It's, okay. It's, it's hard sure. being a wolf. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so all of that's in the movie. We got it all in the movie. 
Okay, this movie just ballooned from uh, $8 million to, I think, about $152 because Jack Nicholson's in it. Yeah, Jack Nicholson. I'm only going to do it if I can be my wolf character again. Yeah, and Tom Everett Scott was actually expensive, too, for some reason. Of, um, of the Dark Army, the Invisible Woman, the Wolf Man, Frankenstein, which one do you guys kind of have hope for or see potential in? Hmm. I'm, I mean, I'm going hard Wolfman. I feel like that's always a better story than any of those other stories. There's a man who can't, the full moon happens, he knows what's what he's cursed with, but he can't mm-hmm. do anything to stop it. And the people around him sympathize with him, but that ends up being his weaknesses, and it ultimately, like, if you do a, a, a Wolfman story that feels like a good tragedy, I think it's a really good story. I mean, I think literary... The literary caliber of the Frankenstein story is really good, but no one ever focuses on the most interesting part, which is the scientist, the actual Dr. Frankenstein. They're just scared of the lumbering monster who's no different than a zombie in most cases, right? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, there was the uh, 90s Mary Shelley's Frankenstein with... uh, The Julia Roberts one? Was that Julia Roberts? Roberts I know it was Robert De Niro. Yeah, so what what you do is... And Helena Bonham Carter. Was she in it? Yeah, I I mean... Mm -hmm. You you bring back Robert De Niro and he's mentoring a young Aaron Eckhart. <laughs> Why is everyone got a mentor? On the poster it says Jack's back. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, well, I think we're all very excited for the dark no, universe Adam, you to come back in some shape or form. For. You didn't tell me what oh, you're most hopeful for. Uh, Frankenstein. Actually, I really enjoyed that '90s Frankenstein movie, and I think if you do a good Mary Shelley Frankenstein and like to what James is saying, focus on. The really interesting things that the the monster the creature is interesting but the scientists can be made more interesting actual doctor i agree i agree i love that book i think it's mm-hmm. i mean it, i don't need to is, tell you my opinion on a classic masterpiece but mm-hmm. what do you think of this yeah. is it worth reading <laughs> <laughs> um for me like dark army anything that presents itself as saying this is an ensemble and we're getting the gang back together. Except, I'm in. except what's um, the gang? That's what I love about that. Like, we're getting the gang back together. Well, let me what finish gang? because uh, I'm actually, uh, he's produced, James Wan is producing Frankenstein, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which means that my hype levels are at a medium. If he was directing it, my hype would be sky high. Mm-hmm. Like no questions asked. I, you know, shoot it in my veins, but uh, it's going to be dark army for me guys. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, right, I look forward Army. to seeing it at a drive-in, like I saw Invisible Man. It should be exciting mm-hmm. at yeah. some point in the future. Uh, we're going to talk about the all-new Halloween movie uh, coming not too soon. Uh, but first, a quick word <laughs> from our sponsor. Hey guys, losing your hair is no fun, and it's one of those things that some of us just have to go through. Sixty-six percent of all men start to lose their hair around age thirty-five, and once you notice, well, sometimes it can be too late. Thankfully, we live in the far-off, distant future of. 2020, so we actually got you covered. Forhims.com. It's a one-stop shop for hair loss, skincare, and sexual wellness for men. Hims is helping guys be the best version of themselves with licensed medical providers and FDA-approved products to help treat hair loss. Hims connects you to licensed medical professionals online, which can save you hours. Today, Hims is giving you the best offer yet. If you're not happy with your results after 90 days, Hims will give you a full refund. And right now, our viewers can get their first visit absolutely free. Go to forhims.com slash filmhouse. That's forhims.com slash filmhouse. Full refund of price paid available for first 90 day supply. Refund requests must be made between 90 and 180 days 
after product shipment delivered. Prescription products require an online consultation with a medical professional who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. Remember, that's 4hims.com slash filmhouse. Thank you, Hims. All right, and we're back. So Halloween Kills has been officially pushed to October 2021. It was announced in a new 35-second teaser where Jamie Lee Curtis is in the back of a car screaming, let him burn or let it burn. Uh, this is a direct follow-up to 2018's Halloween, which I did not see, but you guys did. Mm-hmm. We I did see it. Yeah. I, yeah. It was Good. I thought it was just okay. People, some people loved it, and it did really, really well. And I thought it was just okay. There was, it felt like I was watching half of a movie. Or there's like a lot missing from stuff. There's I mean, like one character that just kind of disappears yeah. <laughs> across the whole film. It, I wouldn't say it's super memorable. It's no Halloween H two O, which <laughs> I you know only appra- uh, only appreciates with age, mm-hmm. uh, not mm. for the right reasons. But I I mean any opportunity to watch Jamie Lee Curtis, I'm interested in mm-hmm. and i do th- love her embracing the halloween continuing to embrace the halloween franchise mm-hmm. even as far as removed as it's gotten it's been establishing her career she's still kind of like yeah i'm into it i, I mm-hmm. love that if there's if there's one thing that i mean you don't need the halloween franchise to prove it but and this is kind of a completely different topic but it's kind of somewhat it's related there's this in Hollywood, it's a very real thing that women age out way faster and like women beyond a certain age. It's like, sorry, they just they're just not worth seeing on screen, uh, you know, despite their charisma or their talent or all those things. They either have to play old women supporting characters. They can't be the focal point in a lot of it. And I think the coolest thing about the Halloween reboot was it is it's Jamie Lee Curtis, who is not old by any means. She's she's still young in the humanity scheme of things, right? Mm-hmm. But she's so badass and compelling in that movie. Like, there's no reason that we shouldn't be seeing more films with people in her age group, you know, leading these things. Like, it didn't it did, doesn't affect your enjoyment of it at all. It, in fact, the experience that she brought to that role and the investment she had in that franchise, I think, is probably one of the best things about it. And uh, and so for that sake, I love seeing people like Jamie Lee Curtis and and others like continuing to be in these movies that if this was, you know, the 90s, they would have rebooted with a much younger cast or something like every five years for fear of having someone in the cast that was more than like older I mean, than 26. Well, you take like a Halloween H2O. OK, you keep and mentioning that's that kind of the attempt, right? <laughs> yeah. But... To position Jamie Lee Curtis. And I guess she's she's still the matriarch figure in this, but at least it keeps her badass. Yeah. Well, that's the thing in H2O, which is garbage, by the way. No offense. There's one oh. point in H2O where two people are walking through a kitchen in the dark and then the movie does a, a scary sound like in the soundtrack and they get scared, except there's nothing that happened in the kitchen <laughs> that caused that noise. They're scared of the soundtrack of the movie. It's just like someone was looking and they said, it's time for a scare. Um, but uh, but yeah, so she even in that one was like, OK, what's well, there? It's her and Michael Myers going back and forth. But it seemed like they were also thinking, but what if we get this this young, cool kids to be the next phase of things, the new generation. Adam, do you know who's hmm. helming this? Like, do I? I'm sorry, you cut out there. What? Do you know who is helming this one? Like, uh, this is this. I believe this is the same crew who worked on 
Halloween, 2018's Halloween. Uh, but I did want to throw this out there. Apparently, there was a screening that happened uh, earlier this year that had a lot of positive buzz. And there was a comment that I pulled from Reddit from user uh, Movies Are All Right, who says, damn, the rumors look to be true. Within 30 seconds, there was pure chaos in that single scene. And the people who claim to have seen the screening said the entire movie is intense and chaotic like that. So, uh, yeah, it looks like the movie that you guys talked about, the 2018 one, which didn't exactly hit the mark, uh, went Mm -hmm. through a little bit of a rework phase and they're just picking it up. It's almost like, um, previous Halloween movies where the first one where, you know, it takes about an hour before there's any real action Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. any, I mean, it's also not a very violent movie when you really look at it, it's more suspenseful, but uh, apparently this is going to just be a nonstop, like Michael Myers Mm going, you know, it sounds like the firemen are going to rescue him and then that's he's cool. just going to tear the town apart which that sounds great. sounds fun because i remember for the 2018 one it was getting a lot of great buzz mm-hmm. it was getting really overwhelmingly positive buzz and then i just kind of felt like it was it was a fine time i keep forgetting that danny mcbride wrote mm-hmm. and like yeah, yeah. Uh, the the 2018 one in this one which is just so weird but i guess like you know makes sense um t- you know Tom Hanks wrote uh, for Larry Crown. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the case closed. On a <laughs> typewriter, closed. no less. Case closed. Yeah, yeah he loves his typewriters. Um, uh, on on the, the subject also of Aegis, um, the Tony Todd character Candyman is supposed to, it's set to come out in uh, this year, September. Uh, this mm-hmm. is being redone, written by Jordan Peele. Uh, mm-hmm. but, That's right. Yeah, they, they brought back the original actor, which I thought was that was very nice of them. Very cool. So can't, can't do Candyman without Candyman. That's, That's like, true. Like I honestly like it's weird because as, as much as I love the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, I never saw the one uh, with um, uh, what's his face from Watchmen. Uh, Rorschach. I, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I never. Jam- um, I never. James. S- James something. Or it's yeah, three names. Yeah. <laughs> Jackie Jamesy James, um, James oh, Jackie, Jackie Earl, Earl Haley. Haley. Yeah. I never saw the Jackie Earl Haley, but yeah. to me, Robert England, like as long as Robert England would want to do Freddy Krueger, you'd want him to do it because, mm-hmm. and I get you want a different take on the character from a different actor, and it does mm-hmm. lend itself. Obviously, we saw that with it, right? Where mm-hmm. you get this uh, incredible new performance, but I Robert England to me, like that that's the the burnt skin on his face might as well be robert england's <laughs> skin <laughs> like, you thank know? you so thank tied you. to yeah. him i appreciate that um but yeah i did uh want to just mention that i got a couple notes here just saying it's sad to hear because that that trailer that little teaser looked pretty damn good it's obviously short and it can't really you know uh show off too much of this entire movie uh but mm-hmm. it's got me pretty buzzed uh, especially since the um the early screening has some hype behind it, but how do you guys feel about that? Would you, is it, you think it's better to wait for when you can actually see this in a crowded theater instead of like waiting for like a, you know, just watching a digital release? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't have to be a movie studio accountant, so I don't have to figure out those numbers. So most of the time with almost every single movie that's getting delayed, I'm like, uh, if it were me, you can for me as just sitting on my couch, I'm totally fine with you having released it on digital and I probably would have rented it by now or something like that. But I get that that doesn't that financial pathway doesn't recoup. They want it to the way they want it to. 
I think this is an interesting situation because it's not like they can re- like say things are better and movie theaters are open around December or Christmas time. It's not like they can release Halloween then. They basically have one three-week window in which they can release this film every single year. So it does kind of suck that they have to make this choice to just push it one whole year when it doesn't probably need that much time. I would definitely want to mm-hmm. see this in a theater. Especially you get a good good audience for this yeah. uh, type of movie, this type of horror movie, and you're shout, not necessarily shouting or Eight-year-old talking. Eight-year-old on his phone the whole time. I, I'll never, like, one of my favorite uh, horror movie <laughs> going experiences was when I went with some of my, like, girlfriends to go see Scream 4, and everyone in the theater really had the, had the same mindset going into it, and that we were all like, don't go in there. What are you doing? Like, you dumb be Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just so much fun. Um, mm-hmm. and, and everybody was just sort of into it in that way, and I mm-hmm. think that these... This would be a blast. Everyone except for Adam, who was also in the theaters, just hoping to be able to watch a movie quietly <laughs> in the dark. Watch Halloween that, in silence. That's, that's my stressor, <laughs> is is someone to whip their phone out or start talking to their friend or pull mm-hmm. out a bag of chips. It's always something. Uh, but oh, yeah. then no, it was something the, like that. It was just fun, you know, raucous fun mm-hmm. horror movie theater time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was going to say, though, on a similar uh, level, do you feel like you still enjoyed something like Hamilton? even though you know you had an extra $700 in your pocket um, and you didn't have to watch it from like a weird, awkward angle, I still feel like I enjoyed that experience. So maybe you don't need to be in the theater. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I do think that filming live theater is, is maybe a little different than releasing a movie. I think, I think our home setups are like we've been watching Netflix and things and and with sound systems and HD TVs and even before HD TVs I was never like a kid watching things on HBO going oh Terminator 2 sucks because look how small it is in 4 by 3 like mm-hmm. um I think movies translate a little bit better than live theater um but I I do appreciate that it makes it more accessible to to people I think it makes it more accessible to people but then I think you're also more likely to see what I think I saw on my personal social media timeline, which is a lot of people talking about how Hamilton is overrated and <laughs> uh, and trash and people have bad taste for liking it. And why do they settle for things that aren't this good or musicals in general suck? Like, because I do think that being in the room while the person is performing that, you know, when you have a David Diggs do this big musical number landing all of the steps and singing all of the notes perfectly and you're realizing like you're in the room so you understand that they didn't have a second chance there was no takes Mm -hmm. there were no cuts different kind of experience i do think that is a different kind of experience that's kind of harder to replicate i think if you have already seen hamilton and then you see it in on disney plus you're like oh yeah like i really appreciate it more but if you haven't Mm -hmm. seen it like i hadn't seen it this is my first experience i feel like you're like oh i do still wish that there had been an opportunity to go, whether it's a more affordable one or not every single theater being closed down, um, that that there was an opportunity to be in the room with that because I do think it's different. There was some uh, fun facts about uh, about Hamilton. Actually, I looked up they that entire movie that they have on Disney Plus is based on three separate recordings. Two were live and then one was done without an audience so they can get the close-ups, which I thought was mm-hmm. kind of interesting. You're mm-hmm. you're seeing a cut of two different two, you know, two and a half different shows. Yeah. Um, but I think that's that's how most stand-up is done too. 
uh, I think a lot of stand up will specials will be like we're going to record for two nights and then that way we'll have we'll have the two things. I just know when I saw John Lugazamo <laughs> live on off Broadway or whatever when I was very young for his freak um, one man show, we were there. <laughs> Where they were recording the HBO special, and it was the second night of the recording, and they were going to do three nights, so they comped my dad's tickets. I just know when I saw David Copperfield when I was very young, he made it snow inside the theater, but only for the first four rows. Yeah, except he had a whole team of people doing that. John Leguizamo, all the snow he did was he had to do by himself. When he talked, when he talked about his uh, deaf uncle and the sign for for bullshit. He had to do that by himself. Oh, geez. Okay, so. I saw the Mike Tyson one-man show. That was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, he talked about, about the time he almost kicked Brad Pitt's ass. <laughs> I bet he did. <laughs> uh, so, well, that's that's it about for Halloween and Hamilton talk. Uh, both, both things I'm uh, currently excited for and one that uh, I'll probably go back and watch again. You determine which one I'm talking about. Yeah, I don't uh, know. It's Halloween H2O. We're going we're gonna to talk some business moving up next. Pull the curtain back a little bit, if you will. But first, a quick word from our sponsor. Ordering online and cooking from home today is more important than ever. And that's why we are sponsored today by HelloFresh. HelloFresh offers a variety of recipes to choose from each week to help you break out of that recipe rut. We've all been there. You go to that age-old habit of just making the same thing. But with HelloFresh, you can break that cycle with some new ingredients that you probably had no idea that even existed and that are freaking delicious. Over 90% of ingredients are sourced directly from growers to ensure the freshest recipes are delivered to your door to save you time and stress making it all so very effortless. The packaging HelloFresh uses to ship their food is almost entirely made of recyclable and or already recycled content. HelloFresh's carbon footprint is actually 25% lower than store-bought grocery-made meals. This is a source from the University of Michigan Go Wolverines. HelloFresh also donated over 2.5 million meals to charity in 2019, and this year are stepping up their food donations in response to the coronavirus. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and try out America's number one meal kit today. I have used their service countless times. I cannot tell you how nice it is to make a delicious meal to get me out of that old making the same stuff rut. So be like me. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 80filmhouse and use code 80filmhouse to get a total $80 off, including free shipping on your first box. Additional restrictions apply. Please visit HelloFresh.com for more details. Once again, that's HelloFresh.com slash the number 80 Filmhouse. Thank you, HelloFresh. And we're back. Okay, Filmhouse, the show you watch, the one you listen to, you know it, you love it, or most like, like most people are indifferent to the show existing. But uh, we want to just talk a little bit about uh, the future of this show. So um, mm-hmm. just want to say, obviously, we started this podcast because we have a love for movies. We love talking about movies all sorts of entertainment and we just thought it'd be kind of cool to do weekly podcasts uh, where we just kind of have fun talking about it. Um, And well, times have changed a little bit and we still love doing the show, but we've heard the feedback and we want to do right by the audience. So right now the show lacks any real coherent voice or structure, which is fine, but we already have a podcast like that and it's called dude soup. So we're actually going to try to change some things up moving forward. We're trying something a little new. So starting next week, we're going to debut a new format uh, for the show. It's going to be much more informed and condensed, uh, a lot different than what you're used to. But if you've ever seen one of the many like YouTube video essays out there, you kind of know 
where it's going. Um, but yeah, James, Elise, and I kind of we talked about this, God, months ago before well, quarantine back in was like happening. The fall. Yeah, I mean, yeah, way before the the ball started rolling on this before the mm -hmm. work from home stuff started happening. This is 2019. But yeah, this is a, a long, long, long discussion. Yeah, um, and we just sort of talked about how could we. Obviously, we can't keep up that sort of format on a week-to-week -week basis, at least not right away. You need to hire up for that sort of stuff. So uh, right now we're teaming up with uh, the head writer from Wisecrack, uh, someone who, you know, a group of people we've collaborated with before. Love those guys. Uh, his name is Michael Luxembourg, fantastic guy. And we're doing an uh, in-depth infotainment piece on just one subject. Um, mm -hmm. We don't have to say what it is. That's up to you guys if you think it's worth discussing. No, now. no, no, save no. it. Yeah, save it. I that's you fine. want to discuss it? I think we should talk about it and get people excited for it. Mm, all right. I, I guess we can talk. We can talk around it. We'll say I'll, I'll give you a couple hints. It's 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 a person, and it is something that is very near and dear to Funhouse and Funhouse's mm -hmm. history. So yeah, keep it there. Keep it there. Yeah. So like oh. we're basically doing a in depth video essay and infotainment breakdown mm -hmm. and kind of thesis on this this performer and their career and yeah. their history and what makes them why they were and, so good and, in titanic and they're they're a person that has been in in much of funhouse lore mm -hmm. and i would say funhouse has a connection to and maybe at times we've shortchanged mm -hmm. in ways and mm -hmm. this is a little bit of a make good in that sense well it's a it's kind a you know it, even if someone is the target of a joke why were they the one worth targeting in the first place, you know, not it's not always supposed to be a takedown of that person. Sometimes it's because that person is such a phenomenon culturally that it's a touchstone that you can use the everyone you when you mention this person again, made potentially from Titanic. Um, <laughs> and uh, I'm not saying it is, Elise. I'm not saying it is, but I'm also not saying it isn't. When you describe this person, or people immediately know who you're talking about, attributes of that person, um, whether or not they ran through the Titanic holding a gun, you know, while it's mm -hmm. sinking. Like these types of things are the things that are like synonymous. So it's really easy to use them as well, anyway, comedic touchstones. We're testing this format yeah. with this video to see if you guys like it. And mm -hmm. we, I enjoyed. Oh, it, yeah, yeah. I think it's, I think it's great. I, I think it's fun. Yeah. I mean, Ultimately, the whole channel of Funhouse should be things that we put out that we, I think, are actually entertaining to watch, right? And right. sometimes with podcasts, I mean, there's a whole bunch of meat and potatoes involved, but like sometimes with podcasts, it's fun for us to talk about things. That's why we wanted to do a film podcast in the first place, because we like to talk about film and television, and we spend a fair amount of our free time, maybe as much, if not more, than playing video games, probably for sure, at least the three of us spend more time watching movies and TV than playing video games. So we enjoy talking about it, but we also want to make sure that the show is something that people enjoy watching. And mm -hmm. so uh, so we kind of went back to the drawing board and said, what is that? Yeah, and I think in like in the state of the world and the way that the movie industry is right now, there's not a whole lot of new stuff to talk about on a podcast mm -hmm. week to week as yeah, well. Right. Yeah. And and talking to Mike uh, from Wisecrack too, um, we don't want to just do a kind of copy paste of what they do. I think watching their channel is fantastic. They always take a very, I, they're, they are the much smarter uh, cousin to us. Uh, everything they do always uh, relates it back to philosophy and why it matters and why it makes sense in the greater scheme of the world. Ours is a lot more 
it, it's kind of pure entertainment. And I think it's it like, was what's fun funny about to work that, with Mike yeah. on it because it was, it was something that was di- so different from what they've worked on before, but we're going to try to have him on the podcast too, to sort of talk about it as well. Yeah. Um, um but yeah, but yeah so, so you'll get to see basically the finished product of what we're going to, what we're called the test, right? But should we just call it the test episode? The test. Yeah. <laughs> the test. test episode next week, you'll get to see kind of what that, not what kind of what that looks like, Adam, what it is. Adam edited it. So it's got some yeah. like, Wacky Adam Kovic editing. It's definitely it. so that's def- worth yeah. seeing. Kovic style. Well, I mean, this is this is how I've. I mean, I've basically done my entire career, which is like I will always do the first one, or I'll set the template and spend a lot of time on it. But then, ideally, in the future, it goes. Oh, you could just always look back at it and go, "This is the style of the show." And yeah. if you ever need like a style guide, you look at that and go, "Oh, okay, I get it now." And mm-hmm. you you find that through the edit and through the process. And we all worked on it. We all uh, contributed. Uh, Mike as a writer, us. Um, you know, with the subject and then also changing, um, you know, the script, working with him as like co-writers and then, uh, personalizing obviously, the subject well, the, yeah, yeah, I mean, so yeah. I also just to kind of give you like kind of a rundown of how it's formatted. It is, uh, for this first episode, it's James and I going back and forth on a topic, but we do stop and have some casual banter, but overall it's just a much tighter cut. It's not as, you know, free form as this sort of podcast that you're used to. And, in our current discussion, this sort of podcast isn't going away. It's just once a month in a perfect world, we would like to do one of these tighter, more infotainment style podcasts. Yeah. And I think part of it too, is we're interested in, uh, the audience's feedback on that, right? Like, Mm -hmm. so what we were kind of potentially, again, this will be a test episode. So don't expect this to keep rolling out month after month. We don't have that in place yet. But if the, if it does well enough and, and people like it and they want to see more and we can figure out how to make that happen, then something we'd like to do is use this podcast as kind of an ongoing discussion of how that bigger video is going, right? So, yeah, yeah. so say so, one week we yeah, discuss the news and trailers or the things that we normally talk about on Filmhouse, the discussion, maybe a battle, film battle royale or something or mm-hmm. who knows. Perfect film battle royale. And then we can, but then from that point, we can also use part of that podcast discussion to pitch ideas for what we think would be a good topic. Yeah, I think a great example mm-hmm. also would be in today's episode, we talked about the dark universe mm-hmm. and what we thought a fun Wolfman movie would look like. Mm-hmm. Or we <laughs> talked about the history of the dark universe. So doing something that's more researched, um, uh, raises questions, answers questions in a mm-hmm. format like that while still entertaining, still banter, has jokes, has mm-hmm. fun editing mm-hmm. techniques to it. Doing something like that that kind of like uh, is a little bit more deliverable to you in a 20-minute edit, I think would be really cool to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think sure. the idea too is that every month is sort of like that's our topic. And so after that first week, say we pick... Um, the uh that movie congo and how for some reason james and i remember the monkeys having lasers and other people yeah. do too <laughs> but that never happened uh and so then on the next week it would be sort of like the previous week we talk about news those sorts of things for the first half but then we bring up the subject sort of the stuff we've been researching all stuff how the script's coming along things that we've discovered along the way and then shortly after that time we would already be recording so now we have an additional two weeks to just work on this episode until it airs at the end of the month so mm-hmm. And the good um, thing is that it, there's it, five plus years of Funhouse 
where there has been so many movie <laughs> discussions that have happened, questions that have been raised and not found answers for different icons of the industry that we've that we've lampooned or uh, mocked. And we've but then we've never delved deeper to say, wait, mm-hmm. why this person? And I yeah. think a lot of those questions will come to fruition in this uh, format. Absolutely. That that's that that is sort of our I think our hope and dream of how Filmhouse can evolve and grow and become something a bit more focused um, and have have more of a place on our channel and and make sense for the audiences. But it kind of all that really comes down to is if this first episode does well or at least gets enough of a positive reception that we can invest in it much. Mm -hmm. This is our dark universe, basically. (laughs) Oh, God, this is our sign. This is our invisible man. Yeah, we're going to see. Uh-huh. Well, I don't know. Yeah, this we, we've we've obviously we've tried a lot of different things with Funhouse, uh, switching out hosts, um, trying different formats, shooting in different places. But ultimately, it's it always comes back to we just kind of want to talk about the things that we care about and continue mm-hmm. to do that. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I just want to put that out there and uh, I, I hope you guys enjoy it. I had a lot of fun working on it. Oh, it's fantastic. I. I the visual jokes that are in it, mm-hmm. the photoshops and animations are great. Yeah, because it plays as something you could put in your pocket and listen to, but then if you watch it, you're going to get even more. Yeah, you do a great job it, for sure. cutting it. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Um, and then, yeah, and then we still have to kind of figure out what the audio version of that looks like for the audio listeners. Like, do I mean, we I, upload I think you can that to cut it. down or mm-hmm. do we do like a supplemental one on top of that that's audio only that sort of talks about? what went into the edit and the final product. We don't know yet. Uh, still working on that. But mm-hmm. um, right now I just want to be, I always like being transparent with the audience and kind of talking about what we've been talking about. And I feel like enough time has passed now. Obviously we're, we're going to actually do this thing that we can talk about it because it is becoming a reality. Mm-hmm. Let's get used yeah. to it. No, yeah. sure. I mean, I hope we can get used to it. Um, but yeah, that's, so that's about in, it. Next that's, week. that's all I got to say. Yeah. Yeah. Make so sure to tune in next week. Let people know. Um, that next week won't just be your standard film house. It's going to be, it's going to resemble, I would say it's going to be, if you're enjoy film, but you prefer a fun house, like say what a GTA gameplay kind of looks like, you know, like Mm -hmm. what is that? And then imagine if instead of just sitting down and going, what are we going to talk about? And then it becomes a conversation about X. Imagine if we got together, researched, compiled our thoughts Worked with worked with experts to format our thoughts and then put it through the Funhouse grinder. It's gonna be insane. Nice, nice. It's not about Billy Zane. <laughs> well, it's you not, don't know. We wouldn't tell you if it was. Let's how about that. I, I, I can say that the subject in which we're talking about did exist at the same time as Billy Zane. That's all I can really because say. It I know, it, I know it doesn't narrow it down. Billy Zane. It just might be. This is a shock to you, Billy Zane. But. I'm not going to say that it is because I might be lying. But if I said it wasn't, that's also maybe a lie, too. Well, I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for everyone to see our, our fun little uh, episode next week. Uh, if you like it, obviously. And you like this podcast, as always, tell a friend, uh, tell a loved one, or just someone you just met on the street. Mm-hmm. It's always fun. Yeah, space. Space. Like if there's someone you don't, if you don't like this podcast, yeah. send it to your worst yeah. enemy. Yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Wait, uh, James and I already did the bit where we said, don't tell anyone about it, but that didn't work. The show only got no. more popular. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> what a burden. Uh, but uh, that brings us to an end 
of our show today. Thank you everyone for watching, listening, all that stuff. And uh, like I said, really excited for you guys to see the thing we've been cooking up. And uh, yeah, we'll see you then. Cool. Bye. Take care. I, I will. Russell Are you talking Crow. to me? Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe is who we're talking about.